Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Heather Pierce Campbell. Heather is a warrior mama, nature lover and dedicated attorney and legal coach for world-changing entrepreneurs. Based in Seattle, she's a mom to two little wild munchkins and founder of Pierce Law PLLC, home to her legal practice and a legal website warrior, an online business that provides legal education and support to information for entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, online educators, speakers and authors around the US and the world. She hoards information paper and books while secretly dreaming of becoming a minimalist and relishes an occasional rare night with her hubby when the kiddos are miraculously asleep and she can soak up HGTV without guilt. She can be found online at www.legalwebsitewarrior.com and we will leave all the details in the show description. Welcome Heather, I'm super excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Uva. It's so great to reconnect. <laughs> Likewise, really. Quite a while, but uh, it, it feels good. It feels good. <laughs> yes, I know. It always, for me, like, oh my goodness, during COVID, it always feels great to connect. Awesome. So I'm curious, so what's the current status of becoming a minimalist? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the running joke, especially during COVID, I was telling my sister this yesterday. I said, you know... I'm not somebody that splits focus very well. And for the entire period of COVID, what it feels like is I get to dip my toe in the water like a thousand times a day and I never get to go for a swim. Mm. So trying to tackle any project right now has been a real challenge because I've got two kiddos full time at home and I'm working at the same time and my husband is downtown at his work. Mm. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a lot. I would say the status of becoming a minimalist is, um, you know, for lack of a better lack of a better description, on pause. Pause. <laughs> like so many things these days, right? On pause. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> just, you know, where's our own pause button? So sometimes I think we have to just push it to really yes. get more minimal. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I hit a, I kind of hit a wall in September and it was, mm. um, You know, it was just all the co compounding pressure and it feels like, you know, gosh, what are we, seven, eight months now into COVID and hmm. there are just no breaks. You know, my husband and I, we get to the end of each day and it's like, you know, without childcare, no school, doing all the things all the time. It's, hmm. we just feel like we've been running an eight month marathon. And I know a lot of people feel that way. And 
you know, when I kind of hit a breaking point in September, I literally just cleared the decks. If it was mm -hmm. not, if it did not involve fires, you know, we had all these West Coast fires and my sister had to come to town with her family to escape mm -hmm. fires right outside of Portland. And um, and then we got sick. And anyways, there was a lot going on, but I literally just said, okay, if it doesn't involve feeding my children or, you know, putting out a literal fire fire, or like a client fire, I'm not doing it. I'm just saying no. I don't have the capacity to even distinguish between what I should say no to versus what I should say yes to. So I'm just going to say no to everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. So I did that for about a month. <laughs> wow. I think we all learned a, lo a lot during COVID in, in all these times. So and I think yeah. this, this pause button is really essential. And You know, I, I know from one of our previous conversations that you are a very dedicated mother and spouse. So, but there also were some difficult times and I would like um, to invite you to talk about those times. Is that okay with you? Oh, yeah, totally. I think it's, you know, I think it's par for the course. I don't know any marriage that has not been touched by challenging times. Right. So great. But, um, but first, let's, let's start with something positive. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what do you love about your relationship? You know, I love that um, despite the hard times, when we look back, like the reality is that we have packed a lot. We've, li we've lived a lot of life in 10 years and we're still here, like 10 years mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still here. We have been through... Um, I think numerous things that would have broken apart, you know, other relationships. And, you know, we're not we're not broken. We still show up and we may do it imperfectly, but, you know, we still show up. And so um, I'm just proud that we are still in it together. Mm. So what is the secret? Um, you know, for me, I think the secret really You know, anytime we get out of balance and whether that's in work, I mean, even this example we just talked about in COVID, mm. in a marriage, I think, you know, my primary goal is always to regain some perspective. And mm. so I think it's really easy to go down um, a rabbit hole of our feelings, our thoughts, and sometimes those can take us to dark places, you know, when we are starting to assign meaning to something, and it really may not be accurate. And so this idea, I have a rock actually that I keep around, and it makes people laugh that I like quotes on rocks, but mm -hmm. um, it says, don't believe everything you think. Mm. And for me, I think one of the big keys in staying in it has always been, you know, finding a way to regain perspective, a more balanced perspective. And so like one time I was at the end of my rope and I, um, my son was fairly young still. And I just, you know, <laughs> said to my hubby, I don't know if I asked him, I might have just said, like, I need a break. I had a really, really hard time the first five years of my son's life and my son has special needs. And there was a lot going on for him. And my husband didn't really get it. It took a while to get my husband kind of on board with the idea that our son had challenges. And, mm -hmm. um, and I was the primary parent for five years. And so my work got squished into 
you know, naps, evenings, weekends. Mm -hmm. And I was a full-time mom. And so I just, you know, and we couldn't keep childcare. We didn't know what was going on with our son. It was really, really hard stretch of years. And so I was at the end of my rope one day and I just realized like, I need a break. If I don't get a break, I am going to like literally lose it. And so I, you know, packed my bag. My husband came home and I left for the weekend and I just took two days and I, I, you know, booked myself into a hotel. I just drove to a city a couple hours away and I read books. I just brought a whole stack of books with me. And I feel like books can offer us a lot of solace when we don't have other ways to get that in our life. And and so I just, you know, that was my self-care for the weekend. And reading and rereading some of my favorite books, you know, I came home being rejuvenated and rededicated to figuring, you know, figuring it out, figuring out the relationship, figuring out how to mm. be a better parent, you mm. know, and, um, you know, and even recently. Yeah, so yeah. Just, just pushing the, the so-called self-care button for yourself, so right. to say. Right, yes. And it's so important. And I think it's also interesting what you, because the question was really about what you love about your relationship, but it's so... It sounds like it's so connected also to the darker times that, you yeah. know, coming or they're so, so, so close together um, as far as I understand. And uh, mm -hmm. so and you were just referring to it because you were saying, okay, there were darker times, but always having that perspective. So it's kind of like that's kind of like the endurance also doing yeah. those uh, uh, darker times. And so how did you master those and what were really those darker times and how did you master them? Well, and they did start early for us. So we had a very fast and powerful falling in love experience. And mm -hmm. then, you know, and we were we were both older, meaning that I was, I think, 34 when we met and then got married. And shortly after I turned 35 and my husband was already 40 and we both knew that we wanted children. Mm -hmm. And so we started right away because we didn't know, you know, my sisters had had trouble getting pregnant and mm -hmm. we didn't know, was it going to take us three years to have a baby? But um, it turned out that was not our path. I was pregnant immediately. Mm -hmm. And so, and I get quite sick when I'm pregnant and so, yeah, our darker time started, I would say, actually quite early in the relationship because I was pregnant, I was sick, it impacted our physical relationship, it, you know, and then we had miscarriage after miscarriage, like, we had mm. some really deep losses really early in that journey, and um, and then my sister died, like, we had some other losses outside of our little bubble. You know, mm. my husband's mom was very, very ill and ended up being in the late stages of her life. And there was just a lot to deal with. And so in the first few years of our relationship, I mean, we there was a lot that went on between multiple pregnancies, multiple, you know, really significant losses, mm. you know, then we ended up having our son. Um, but, you know, there there was a very long stretch where it just felt like life did not ease up. We kind of were full steam ahead and life was full steam ahead at us as well. Mm. I understand. Yeah. No, I get it. So before I ask Heather, if you could 
uh, change one thing about your relationship and what would it be? Let me quickly say something to our audience. So if you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. Okay, so if you could change one thing about your relationship, what would it be? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. I think right now where we're at, um, I am in a process of really letting go of some things that mm -hmm. have been painful for me to carry, right? So a lot of the work still that I have to do is, is my work to do, right? It's mm. really less about the relationship and more about the work that I can do inside of myself to shift the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's what I'm currently doing. I, I don't want to ignore your last question, which is how did you master the dark times? And I think for me, you know, um, we all learn in our own way because we all do face very, very challenging times in our life. We learn what gets us through and, You know, part of it is that I'm I I tend to be a fairly naturally optimistic person, mm -hmm. but also, um, you know, having lost my mom died young, and um, there were some other things that I experienced that I just realized, uh, you know, we like the illusion of control is just that it's an illusion. Like mm. there are no guarantees, and all we have is right now. And so even through some of the hardest times, I wouldn't say that I have mastered them, but I would say that I have developed a skill of breathing through it and, you know, mm. saying like tomorrow won't necessarily look like today. Like, you know, change is inevitable. And whether we want it or not, um, it also can bring us comfort to accept that, that change is inevitable. It won't always look like this. Now we we had we had a previous conversation, and I I shared with you that because uh, you were just referring to letting go something, and you yeah. know that uh, for me it's always a two part mechanism that we have. It's a letting mm -hmm. go and letting in part that's so crucial here. Mm -hmm. So and change is essentially letting go something and letting in something else that yes. is more positive and hopeful, of course. Well, that's right. And I think sometimes the letting in doesn't come until we do the letting go. So there has been a certain amount of resentment that I've carried from some things that happened early on. There have mm. been, you know, some things that that I am taking responsibility for now because I realize, like, this is not my partner's problem. This is my problem. If I'm carrying any amount of resentment, of course he's going to feel that. Of course he's going to feel like I don't love him or even like him at some points. And like that is, you know, I, I have to take responsibility for the damage that I have inflicted mm. on the relationship, right? And let's be clear that we're actually in a in a pretty good place, but mm -hmm. it's still like there's still the knowing in me that it could be better, right? It could be, mm -hmm. yeah, it could be more open, could be mm. more, um, I don't know. I don't know the word for it. So is that what you feel is sometimes missing? So to have more openness? Because you were referring to control earlier. So is this connected to it? Or is it really being more open to your partner? Or what you feel is missing here? Yeah, I mean, definitely the openness, I think, is something that I long for. And I think most, like, I don't know, but I, I, I generally think that most of us long for 
that openness in a relationship that comes with full acceptance, you know, and that goes both ways. There, you know, I think any relationship faces what I call power dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. And for us, there were some early power dynamics where I felt like my perception of my husband was that he really was scrambling for control. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, as as that happens, you know, that stems from a fear-based place. And mm-hmm. we had different childhoods. We had different, um, you know, the way that we related to security and our family and with our parents was different. And so... I can look at that now and understand what it was, but in in the time of experiencing it, it was very, very painful. And to me, it yeah, it felt like a grab for control. Yeah, I was referred to it's kind of like, you know, it's sitting right under your nose and you can't see it because you're too close to it. Yeah. And sometimes that's what, what, what is happening in, in our lives and the longing also for this deeper connection with each other and... It's always like when I work with my clients, of course, then it's 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 always about the past. You know, you have to go through that yeah. and all the dependencies that, you know, are attached to it and to find your own independence in your relationship to each other. That's right. So when you when you do that and then you automatically get into this next stage that I call the interdependence of personal development, but it's essential for your own personal development first. And then you can add it to automatically to your relationship and have these deeper connections on where you really understand, oh, this is how you feel. And this is what triggers you. And this is why I trigger you. And this is why you trigger me. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yes. And I think when you look at the natural curve of like there's there's just a natural shape that many relationships follow. Right. And you mm. you have this, you know, attraction or falling in love experience. And, you know, that's reflecting like having ourselves reflected in somebody else and really just seeing the good parts. But then you have this, I think, trend line towards enmeshment. Right. It's mm-hmm. that early like. You just want to spend all your time together and do every, you know, all of that. And at some point, you're right, that individuation has to happen for that relationship to regain balance. Mm. And that can be a process that that breaks people. Mm. That's absolutely right. So there's there's a reason why the uh, the divorce rate in the United States is over 50 percent. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we both have lived it, right? We both came from previous marriages. And so mm. we we know firsthand how accurate that <laughs> divorce rate is. <laughs> what did you try? What what was your, your perspective when uh when you got into the relationship because coming from that background both? Oh yeah. Well, So in looking back, it's so interesting, right? Because we think Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to be so much better the second time around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've done this. (laughs) Well... And I look, I mean, part of it is that obviously in our first relationships, we were both younger. I don't think I was ever really in love. Like when I look at my first marriage, it's like I really had no business marrying him. Um. And um, and when we divorced, you know, that was a that was a really um, powerful experience for me 
I mean, it was it was heartbreaking for a time, and then it became a very powerful, transformative experience because I realized this idea that um, we all get very attached to the way that we think something will be, right? Mm-hmm. And here comes the theme. Mm-hmm. We get attached to the way that we think something will be, not the way that it is, mm. right? And even when we start a new relationship, again, it's really, really hard not to have or create that attachment to what we think that future relationship will look like. And so what happens when we don't get there? Well, you know what, what I call this? It's, it's the elephant thinking effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember? So it's like, uh, briefly, it's something that happened in our past and, uh, It was an extraordinary incident in our confusion. We just uh, reacted to that incident and Mm -hmm. taught ourselves and programmed ourselves with something like, I don't trust, I don't belong. And and there are thousands of others, of course. So that's the elephant thinking effect uh, briefly. But, you know, and and this is just kind of like, because then we... It all goes goes back because the, the elephant thinking is happening on our belief system. It's on the deepest level. And our belief system steers and develops our life patterns. And our patterns steer and develop our behavior. So anytime we want to try to change our behavior, you know, we are nevertheless steered by our elephant thinking that we right. programmed ourselves in the past without better knowing, of course. Yeah. And so, and this is kind of like what what is happening here, right? Well, and yeah, I mean, I think that because I totally understand the concept of what you're saying, the elephant thinking where a small thing and maybe I mean, maybe I understand it in the way that I think you intended a small thing takes on um, takes on a bigger meaning than it should. Or is this Mm -hmm. really about the fact that our early, early programming drives us and we don't recognize it? Well, it's, it starts with something in the past and uh, we are, we are still having it and up until today mm. because we were never taught to let go and let in something else to replace that old elephant mm-hmm. thinking. Yes. Oh, got it. I see. See, and therefore we develop these patterns and they, they appear in our lives. And I, I sometimes refer to it like a, a uh, walking like an Egyptian, you know, when you when you have these, uh, <laughs> this this posture, and you know, just imagine your hand represents the behavior. Then the the in the middle there's the patterns, and uh, your elbow is is the elephant thinking. So when you want to try to walk into one direction, but your elephant thinking carries you in the other way. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it, it's happening. It's very strong, and over time, and you know, from my experience with, um, you know the senior generation when people over decades haven't learned to transform or to let go and let in something else and replace it they really start to believe oh that's just who i am yeah so the 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 elephant thinking effect is so deep in us and uh, as i just said you know, when, when people, you know, over decades haven't learned how to master mm. this, this elephant thinking effect, they really tend to start to believe that's who I am and uh, even get sarcastic about it. So I, I, I'm not that type or something like that. And so, and this is dangerous. And it's, it's, th- those are also the first symptoms of burning out because, mm. you know, it's, it's really like um, not getting better over yes. time. 
Yes. And, and it starts with these patterns, you know, the, those recurring patterns, kind of like, you know, why is this showing up in my life again? I, just, I thought I had dealt with it years ago, but yeah. nevertheless, they show up. And it's really kind of like a stop sign, just pushing in right in front of your face and showing up there. <laughs> and, and you feel like, so what, what's going on here? And we all have those. It yeah. can be something like, for example, why do I always get in a relationship with the same kind of character? Hmm. Mm. And we rarely figure out why. So, and, and this is where we're really um, diving deeper and understanding each other in, in your relationship and having the full awareness about so okay so this is what happened to you and I, i've often called this the these sneaky um subconscious patterns that those family patterns even yeah you know that uh, we carry with us and uh, to get rid of them and fully become independent from them uh, is the first step to a deeper uh, connected relationship yeah no you're right there's um you know, the ways that it can show up can be sneaky, and we all do carry these patterns with us. I mean, the, the family patterns are really, like my sisters and I are in a process of really doing a lot of talking and unwinding of, you know, family patterns that have existed in our family for mm -hmm. years. And the the challenge for us was that we lost mom young. So I was 22, 23 when she died, mm -hmm. and... um and so there was only, you know, after she passed, there was only so much that we could in our own way at that time, because my sisters were younger than I, you know, they were 20 and 18, mm -hmm. um, that we could figure out on our own. But as we've, as we've gotten older and we've gained, you know, really just an adult perspective, we can see so much more clearly mm. those patterns that existed between our parents and and actually how painful and challenging that relationship must have been for my mom when mm. through a child's lens through a child's eyes you don't you don't see those parts but the good thing is you have two perspectives now from from you and your sister and i think that is help, helpful in itself well, th yes, that's right. And I've actually, I've got two sisters. I mm. I did have three. My baby sister died in a car accident. Mm. But now I've got two other sisters and we all are processing it in our own way, but are coming to the same recognitions about what it was, about, mm. you know, um, the dynamics. And, and I think having a lot more clarity about what those actually looked like and, and also talking about then how... How has that influenced us in our own relationship? How, how does that show up in our life? Um, and you're right. I think all of us, the human journey is, and I, you know, my fundamental belief is that we all have certain lessons that we are here to learn, right? We are here to grow and develop. And, and those show up as repeating patterns until we learn that lesson, until we mm. figure out what that is and what mm. the meaning of that is and change it. So I always tell, tell my clients also that, you know, it all comes down to family at one point, mm -hmm. sooner or later. So because it's the, the, the closest and the most important relationship that you, that have each and every one of us have. And yeah. so, and so that's really the, the piece that uh, connects all the dots in, in all directions. And we can just run away from it as, as long as we want. But at one point in our lives, you know, it catches up. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, and that's, you know, even at this phase right now and really wanting to do the deeper work, mm. that that motivation is heavily influenced um, by the fact that I have children and I want mm -hmm. them to have the greatest possibility of fulfilling, you know, healthy relationships. Mm. And, and so what that means is that, you know, my, my, desires that my relationship with my husband really evolve to the next level so that we can show our children what what self-development looks like, mm. what doing the work looks like, that the conversation never ends. You know, it's mm. not not like you ever really fully arrive. Mm. So I always call this, you know, um personal development without scarring your children yeah <laughs> is that possible i don't i don't know it if is. that's it possible is. no it is so it's, it's definitely it is because it's really about those sneaky subconscious family patterns yeah and getting rid of them and so that helps a lot because you know you as a mother of course you you notice that uh, kids they just uh, they're like sponges you know they yeah, everything absolutely. they they sense and they just take it oh take it on and so yeah And having that clarity and, and independence as the parents, you know, is key here also in achieving that. And yes. this really brings me also to the topic that I really love uh, during this podcast. And uh, it's the question, when was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Mm, I'll tell you what it was. It was watching my son on his little school session this um, this mm. week um, during music. Um, the mm. instructor, you know, there's a whole group of little kids and they've all got their videos on and um, the instructor has invited kids to sing along mm -hmm. and like none of the other kids are singing and my son is just singing and singing and mm. singing. And I just felt like I could have stayed right there in that moment forever, that little, you know, expression. And for him, and I think for so many people, you know, mm -hmm. music is joy. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I'm having goosebumps it. now as we were just <laughs> yes, <laughs> getting no, into it was this, a, this, this, this situation with your son now. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, those are just... Oh, I feel like we all have those moments where we just go, oh, just want to pause right here and have this moment last as long as possible. Hmm. No, that's true. Yeah. So let me ask you, what, what would be the one advice that you can give yourself and uh, our audience now? Well, um, the piece of advice that I am trying to just really live more deeply into right now, so it just feels particularly relevant, is, you know, as humans, we have the tendency to look at other people and look outward and say, oh, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. I see the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think just any time... We do that. We need to pause and look and ask ourselves, how how can I take ownership of mm -hmm. what is truly the problem? Because anytime we do that, and I even look at, and you know, and I 
I have cared a lot about self-development for a very long time, and yet I still have been stuck in traps. I've still done some of the patterns that I look back at now and go, oh my gosh, I was the victim. I hate being the victim. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that really is, um, I think, for me, that's paramount in life wherever we're at is understanding that when we are placing responsibility or blame or, you know, any finger pointing anywhere but ourselves, we really are giving away our power. And Mm. even in circumstances where we feel justified to do that, like even in circumstances where somebody deeply hurts us or lies to us or does something, I would invite people to understand um, themselves more fully and look more inward because there's a couple things we can do. One is that we can understand that, um, you know, somebody else's behavior does not reflect on us. It reflects on them and we don't have to take ownership of it, mm-hmm. but we do get to take ownership and responsibility for how we show up in any circumstance and whether we choose to carry things like resentment or (laughs) any of the other emotions that we should not carry. I love what you're saying. So, and uh, especially because it's so, it's so true. I always tell my clients, you know, whose problem uh, is it? Is it your problem or does this problem belong to you or whose problem is it actually? And Mm -hmm. so, and the other word you were saying is responsibility and the, the, when you look at the, the just the word by itself, yeah. there, there are two parts of it. There is the response and the ability. Yes. So actually it means you have the ability for a response. Yeah. But I think that's kind of like the, the nature of, of, of responsibility and also the, the truth of oneself. You, call, um, you said uh, it's the self-ownership of, of things, but it's also the self-initiative in uh, being able to uh, reflect and to take ownership and be in control and having this distinction and not being dependent and being yes. independent and free to decide how you can react to a situation that can be tricky, right? Yes. No, that's right. That those Those words, independent and free, I mean, I think that's how we all want to feel, even um, even when we are in a relationship, right? Absolutely. We don't yeah. want to feel weighted down. We don't want to feel the heavy stuff. But that that also that word responsibility, I mean, I I think that anytime we feel like we are stuck in a pattern or experiencing suffering because a certain thing won't change, it is because we're expecting an outward circumstance to change. And mm. We really need to look at our response and our ability to show up differently, mm. respond differently to that thing. Because truthfully, whenever we're feeling stuck, it's probably because we are trying the same response over and over and over, and it continues to not work. Mm. Absolutely. So before we wrap up with uh, your final words, I want to ask you, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Hmm. Well, what comes to mind is, you know, what's your favorite book? And I think it probably (laughs) (laughs) it's just because especially on this point that we're talking about 
Um, there is a book that I love. It is by James Hollis, and it's called The Middle Passage. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, even that weekend that I, you know, had to run away for two or three days, that was one of the books that always helps me to get recentered around this concept of, you know, understanding the level of projection that we engage mm-hmm. in in our life, the, you know, and shifting our perspective around like what it truly means to evolve as an individual and Mm. um and so that's just a phenomenal book so are his other books he's got another one that's called swamplands of the soul and they're they're short they're very compact little books but man they're dense and they're so good i have to check this out immediately (laughs) oh james hollis yes you will love them the middle passage and then swamplands of the soul they are just some of the most beautiful books i've ever read awesome thank you yes any final words to, to our audience? Mm, you know, don't give up. Like whatever it is that you're facing, the only way to the other side is through. And, you know, just keep looking, keep turning over stones. You know, it really is step by step, day by day. Wow. Thank you. Of course. We will leave all the details in the show description where you can get in touch with Heather. Thank you, Heather, for our conversation. It's uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, Uwe. So good to be here today. Thank you. Next week, you will hear me talking about the last out of three foundational principles of the AIM system, my proprietary work that creates lasting results in eight hours or less for in-demand professionals who want to get back their family mojo, double their financial security, and live in abundance in all areas of their life without feelings of guilt or second-guessing. Thank you for listening, and as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.